You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're avoiding civil litigation in Fab Facts. We've got a date with a dentist in the randomizer. And I continue my interview with writer, director, and novelist, and all round good chap, Stephen Gallagher. More S for me in pod 147. Oh, you get all the luck of the Jerry Anderson podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Pod it's pod 147. Four, oh, that's what I was about to yeah. say. Well, it is, but we haven't got a snooker player. Do you remember we were planning to get a famous Jerry Anderson fan snooker player? Oh, for 147? Yes. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Famously, in mm. later life, Stephen Gallagher, our interviewee, took up snooker. <laughs> and mm. uh, no, I'm, I'm making that up now. No, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Look, we'll yeah. just we have to that. pretend that we didn't ever plan to have anything other than oh. Stephen Gallagher part two in pod 147, the Jerry Anderson podcast. Fair enough. Anyway, look, okay. uh, I am uh, Jamie Anderson and you are... Still Richard James. Okay. And he over there is... Oh, it's Chris Dale. Yeah, and he's got a... Look at him. Skipping rope today. Yes. Uh, I, and I like his um, sweatband he's got with FAB written on his head and his yeah, wristbands as well with yeah. SIG and SPA written on the sweatband. Chris, you are rocking Ooh. that that look yeah, and, and, think, and doing quite a lot of good uh, aerobic uh, exercise, good cardiovascular yeah, work out there. The shorts are a bit high though, aren't they? Yes, okay. Chris, just pull your... Oh, Less gosh. said about that, the better. Uh, yes, <clears throat> I think you're right. Uh, right, when you're listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast, here we are to talk all things Jerry Anderson for the next hour and a half or so. It's mm. usually about the size of it. We've got the second part of my interview with Stephen Gallagher coming up a little later on in the pod. We've got Chris Dale's amazing randomizer towards the end, of course. Uh, we've got some Jerry Anderson newsy news 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 because, Ooh. as we know, there's brand new stuff happening right, right now. now. I can never remember exactly what it was, but something like that. There's brand new Jerry Anderson stuff happening right now is your phrase Thanks. that you Thank coined you and then forgot. <laughs> and Fab Facts will no doubt be along in just a moment. And of course, we'll be hearing from our fantastic Podstrons. That's you, our lovely listeners, who've been emailing us in at podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. You've been posting on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Podstrons. And you've been hashtagging us on Twitter jerry anderson podcast tagging me richard n james him i'm jamie anderson and him over there chris dalek and we'll be hearing from all of those various platforms a little later on platforms excellent yes. and uh, also lots of you've been <laughs> tweeting about jerry anderson day which is coming up yeah well next week if you're listening to this on the day of release it's mm-hmm. the 14th of april and we'll be talking more about that probably in the news and maybe elsewhere in the podcast so yes now hurrah good but before we head into the inexorable Fab fact. Yes. I've got some uh, quick questions here because I went to our Facebook group shortly before we started recording. I said, listen, we're doing a podcast any minute now. Do you have any questions or anything you'd like me to tell Jamie? So I've got a few here for you. For example, Tom says, who is the biggest celebrity you asked for an interview only to be declined? 
Well, Ooh. Piers Brosnan, I think. Oh, be yes, of course. Of yes. course, Piers Brosnan. I think um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably our, our our main man there. So yeah, I mean, Thanks, there's Piers. you know, there's there's um, there's Ross Kemp, of course. <laughs> oh yes, and, uh, and Wendy uh, Craig. Wendy Craig and, uh, and Chris, Chris Barry. Barry. Uh, Basically, all the people I asked. Yeah, but you're making up for it with Stephen Gallagher, so... uh... Oh, that's true. Uh, Alex says, a question for Jamie and Richard. Going back to last week's Fab Fact, oh, a couple of weeks ago now, he says, uh, if you could have saved any Anderson prop model uh, or puppet or costume, etc., what would it be? And second question, what's your favourite story from Doctor Who season eight? (laughs) (laughs) So what, uh, what, uh, what Anderson prop model or puppet would you have saved if you could? Hmm. Um. Uh, I mean, it feels too obvious to say Thunderbird two, isn't it? So I mm. won't say that. Actually, the mole. Really? Yeah, because that was just okay. so beautiful looking and so dirty, and the kind of yeah. oil streaks and muck down it. I just love that model. I wonder what happened yeah. to it in landfill. Uh, funnily enough, buried deep underground well, where it belongs. Ah, <laughs> quite. Uh, am I allowed to say slow mo or a police cruiser from Space Precinct? You know the uh, actual full size full size one. Yeah, I can oh. imagine that parked on your uh, uh, yeah. on your driveway. Where, where Absolutely that, yeah. right. Wouldn't that be brilliant? And uh, favorite story from Doctor Who season eight? I mean, it's the demons, isn't it? Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Simon says, as the pods uh, that, that you're recording last week or this week cover April the 1st, April Fool's Day, would any of the team like to own up to or report any pranks that they've been party to? Ooh, I, don't I don't really I... do pranks. No, I don't either. Because they require That's quite a, boring, a lot of um, planning and stuff. Preparation. And mm. Just too lazy, yeah. really. And uh, <laughs> finally for now, Neil asks, what's the best cure for wind? So I think he's on the wrong forum completely. I don't know where he thinks he's posting that. Uh, but I think he might need to head on over to the NHS Facebook page and just post it there, Neil. Yeah, probably that. not for us. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, all for now. But a little later on, of course, I'll be reading out your emails and Facebook posts and Twitters and all sorts. Stay tuned. Okay, great. Uh, mm. Well, off yeah. of that uh, strange query. <laughs> yes. I think we should go straight into the all less, altogether less flatulent Fab Facts. Oh, you say that. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Richard James, your challenge, should you choose to accept it, is to describe Fab Facts. Ready, steady, go. Well, Jamie's going to flick through a book of Fab Facts. Uh, I'm going to shout Fab at a random point. He's going to stop flicking, look at the page and read me out a fact that may or may not be Fab, but probably will be. We're going to discuss and refute and uh, laugh about it. How's Ooh, that? Can't guarantee the laughs, but otherwise, um, <laughs> pretty good. A minus. Okay. Here we go Thanks. with the flicking. Fab! Oh. What? What? I think you might quite like this one, you know. I'm going to make a change. <laughs> First all time right. for everything. All right, all right. All well, right. let's see what you think. Here we go. Okay. Now, yeah. Yeah. We've mentioned before the Jerry Anderson compilation movies, and in fact, uh, just a couple of weeks back, we had David Hirsch guesting, uh, who was responsible yeah. for some of those. Uh, now, these were a series of releases in the late 1970s, early 1980s, that bolted together several episodes of Anderson Productions in order to make a feature film. I don't know if you could hear my air quotes there, but <laughs> yeah, they were around them, yes. swoop feature film, swoop. Yeah, it's like when people describe me as an actor. Exactly, yeah, a, those real yeah, audible yeah. air quotes. Uh, now, the yeah. primary markets for these films, films. Were, yeah. were satellite and cable networks plus the burgeoning VHS market. 
Two of these films found their way to a video label named USA Home Video. What an original name. Uh, Now, USA Home Video released Space 1999's Alien Attack and Journey Through the Black Sun as part of a range of a couple of dozen tapes featuring various action, sci-fi and horror movies from around the world. Mm -hmm. However... USA Home Video apparently felt these tapes needed a little something more, well, a little bit of a, a kick, a bit of extra hmm? sex appeal. How dare you? I know. How could you make Space 1999 more sexy? Even sexier, I, I know. Yeah. Well, for the for the reason of increasing uh, the sex appeal. Yeah. 70s and 80s B-movie queen Sybil Danning was hired to record wraparound intro and outro segments for each film. And the range became known as Sybil Danning's Adventure Video. I mean, I'm in. I want to see that. (laughs) Me too. That's great. Um, Yeah. Sybil's segments would see her dressed in some costume that was vaguely appropriate to whatever film was on the tape. So in the case of Space 1999, she was dressed as a sort of (laughs) space queen. Oh, I've met a few of them myself, yeah. <laughs> and we all, in a couple of bits of tinfoil that left very little to the imagination. Oh, right. my cat Ooh. didn't think much of that. Did you hear it squeal no. in the background? Yeah, I did, yes. Can you be quiet, please, and not fight? Thank you. Now, uh, so not left, not much left to the imagination, and yeah. uh, given a big sci-fi-looking gun. Right. Her dialogue for her intros and outros was rather... Suggestive? In fact, we have here her introduction to Alien Attack. So let's have a listen. Take it away, Sybil Danning. Welcome aboard, stargazers. I'm Sybil Danning, your warp speed host for this adventure where no video has gone before. Because we're ready to beam into the very near future. Past the outer limits. In space 1999. Just in time for the Alien Attack on a fantastic voyage in Starship adventure video. Imagine you're on Moon Base Alpha, surrounded by the unknown. The universe might look empty, but you know better. And then you're blasted out of orbit and into that darkness, separated from planet Earth. So everybody thinks you're dead. You're desperately seeking somewhere, some new home planet for you and your friends. Somewhere that will take you in, not take you out. But first, you'll stare straight into your own dark soul to face all its fears, monsters more deadly than any robot or bug-eyed freak, and your own fear might seal your doom. You'll test your right to call yourself human, your right to live, and the real power of your love. It's up to you whether your ticket is still round trip or just one way. Lean back, let me strap you down, and brace yourself for some dramatic G-forces as we launch into the not-so-friendly skies of adventure video for Space 1999 Alien Attack. I'll wait here for you to beam back. Well, uh, (laughs) I think uh, you'll agree that that fits perfectly with the thoughtful, introspective tone of Space 1999 Year One. Love it. Um, All of the intros of Sybil Danning's adventure video range were pretty much like that sexually suggestive dialogue from a gun-toting, scantily-clad Sybil and VHS cover art that missed the point entirely. (laughs) Uh, Fine for some dubbed European action movie no one's ever heard of, but not quite right for Space 1999, or indeed another ITC classic, 
The Saint. Oh? Which was also released on two tapes as part of the same range. Oh, really? Mm, no doubt Sir Roger Moore would have raised an eyebrow had he found out. Uh, speaking of finding <laughs> out, yeah. the two Sybil Downing Space 1999 tapes were both released in 1986, but neither would be on the market for very long. Within oh. a year or two of release, these introductions were shown publicly at a convention where in attendance were two people whom it's fair to say had a personal and financial stake in Space 1999. Uh-oh. Martin Landau and Barbara Bain. Right. Horrified by what they saw, <laughs> the pair took legal action and succeeded in getting the tapes withdrawn from sale. Uh, no! Obviously, since wow. the Landau's had very strict control of their likeness rights, there was a definite financial side to their actions. But it would be nice to think that they also did that because, well, they knew the show deserved better. Uh, yes. These days, really. those tapes aren't hard to find thanks to eBay. But honestly, why would anyone want them? Oh, come on. I'd want to, Anyone at home have those? Let us know. Because uh, <laughs> I, well, I want to see that. I'm Rich, heading to YouTube. Richard wants a copy afterwards. immediately. <laughs> uh, I mean... It's, That's great. It's amazing that yeah. people go to the effort of recording these things and hiring somebody and doing this sort of theming yes. and then make it so wildly inappropriate to the content. Yes. Isn't that odd? Do you think they even watched it? Well, I mean, it doesn't sound mm. like it from that intro, does it? It's mm. just just bizarre, but kind of brilliant. Yes. Um, Gosh, I'm it's a kind bit of like glad uh, that happened, weirdly. Yeah, I remember when they asked uh, back in the day me to do some intros and outros for Space Precinct, uh, wearing a pair of Speedos and uh, a tinfoil hat. And where are those I, intros I, now? I, I, well, I thought that was wildly inappropriate, but apparently it was uh, went down a storm. Yes, yeah. with uh, Strange. All, all the people who bought the Space Precinct uh, Richard James VHS. Adventure VHS. <laughs> yeah, well, there's an image none of us wanted. Uh, sorry if you were trying to have your oh. breakfast at this point, Poster on. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry about that. Anyway, anyway well, uh, yeah. w- what a strange world we live in. And... Um, Thank you so much to USA Home Video and Sybil Danning for um, creating this bizarre tinfoil suggestive nonsense. Absolutely. Anyway, (laughs) that brings us rather scantily clad to the end of this week's (laughs) Sybil Fact. Fact. Well, do you know, I'd never heard of Sybil Danning. I must find out more about her. She was obviously (laughs) a name. Especially now I know what she got up to. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah. If yeah. any Podstrons would like to reenact the uh, oh, no. no, no, Jamie, please, no, please, please don't, please. You don't. could get us in a lot of trouble. I was yeah. only, I was only messing around. <laughs> Goodness uh, me. Now, a few Podstrons who have nothing better to do with their time have emailed us over the past week or so at uh, podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk. For example, Rob Pollard says, with regard to the Backman model kits, here's my Aoshima kit, which Backman are doing now. I've added the right-hand wall and battery-powered LED lighting in the roof that I also added, and I'm currently in the process of doing a pool roof for my Thunderbird 1 hangar. Keep up the good work with the podcast. And he sent us a couple of pictures. Thanks for those, Rob. That looks nice. fantastic. Yeah, isn't it nice to see all these people building those kits? That's really exciting. Linda got in touch to say, good morning, all. She says, I've been meaning to send you this info for a while, but today, when hearing your plea for homages, I decided to actually do it. So let's do this, she says. I watched the series The High Life. Catchphrase, ooh, dearie me. I'm not familiar with The High Life. But ooh, dearie me sounds like the sort of catchphrase that you could deliver in your pristine Alan Bennett voice, Jamie. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. 
I've, I've suddenly lost my Alan Bennett confidence. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a shame. Uh, and in the episode entitled Burl, Sebastian and Steve are on a training course. Sebastian takes out his bag, what I'm convinced is a Joe 90 doll. We see him with it a couple of times. At the poolside, when they're learning how to rescue people from the sea, we hear the stingray music. And then when a girl saves Steve, they play Marina. There you go, from Linda. The High Life, was that with Alan Cumming? Was that the uh, Air Steward sitcom? Oh, could be. Or maybe not. That Mm, sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe I'm getting my wires crossed. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, But thanks to that, Linda. Uh, Mike Gray says, uh, Hi, Richard and Jamie. To add to our ever-growing list of Anderson nods in other TV or film productions, I feel I have made the most obscure discovery yet. And by this, I mean it fell into my lap without looking for it. Mm. Stick with me on this, he says. The film was absolutely nothing to do with science fiction and is in no way even a child-friendly film. In fact, he says... It's an 18-rated movie and is full of drink, drugs, swearing, violence, and General Thuggery, who is one of my favourite characters, General Thuggery. He was that was played by um, Windsor Davis, I think, wasn't it? Um, anyway, he says the film in question is called ID, which is a 1995 BBC film starring Reese Dinsdale as John, a police officer who goes undercover to bust a violent football hooligan gang. Uh, throughout the film, John begins to find himself enjoying his new lifestyle and slowly begins turning into one of the thugs he's sent to bring down. So, uh, says Mike, where does Jerry Anderson come into all this, you yes. may ask? Well, during the film, John and his colleagues, one of which is played by the excellent Philip Glenister from Life on Mars, have rented an empty warehouse to use as their investigation HQ. On one of the walls is a large chalkboard to which someone has drawn a rather large picture of Joe 90. Oh, Joe 90 again? (laughs) With the tagline, DCI Joe 90, presumably one of the other officers on the team has rather large glasses. The film ends with, um, well, John transitioning into a far-right skinhead and... Those are two worlds I could never imagine would collide. Anyway, I'm now laying down the gauntlet for someone to better that by finding another Andernod that couldn't be further away from the Anderson genre. All the best chaps, Mike Gray. <laughs> wow. I mean, that pretty good. was pretty unexpected. Wasn't it just? Scott got in touch to say hello, Jamie and Richard. I discovered your podcast at the end of 2020 on Spotify. I'm currently catching up with the old episodes that I've missed. And by the time you've read this, I would have just finished pod 35 and counting. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, somewhere to Uh, go. I know. Not to mention, he says, keeping up to date with your most recent ones in 2021. If you're not too familiar with the game Minecraft, there are some adventure maps based on Tracy Island, 1960s and 2004. Uh, The original Tracy Island has four missions based on the TV series. These are Trapped in the Sky, Pit of Peril, City of Fire and Atlantic Inferno. And the 2004 Tracy Island does not have missions and is more of an island tour. Would you both consider doing a podcast video special of a Let's Play on YouTube? Loving the podcast. Keep up the good work in keeping your father's legacy and of course stay safe fab from scott that sounds interesting scott he sent us a couple of links to those minecraft uh, videos so i'm gonna yeah. have a look at those and uh, have a play but yeah good fun and finally for now ashley bell hi jamie and richard how are you he says i was reading the daily mail this weekend and came across this story the headline was cosmic cutter cleanup The story is that the European Space Agency are going to blast off a spacecraft from Kazakhstan in Russia. The idea is to get uh, rid of some of the old satellites by using a giant magnet on the end of a spacecraft. I think this is exciting because, Jamie, did your dad do something similar with UFO? 
My question to you in the Postrons is this. What was the episode called in UFO? Maybe Chris Dale can help me out. If he can upload the episode for me, that would be great. And that's from Ashley Bell from Sale in Manchester. Mm, does that sound familiar? Uh, it's one I'm going to have to refer to the Randomised yeah. General. I mean, again, it's one of those stories, isn't it, that we come across frequently where we just think, well, Jerry, he'd be all over that. That would be cropping up in some future episode of something, rather like the uh, the ship that, uh, as we're talking now, is currently stuck across the entrance to the uh, Suez Canal. Canal, I know. <laughs> Pure Jerry Anderson, isn't oh, it? Oh, totally. Obviously, it would be a lot more dramatic yeah. than it just got stuck on the of bank. Course. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there'd be a huge yeah. sort of pile up and, and people trapped uh you know in a in the lower decks as water fills in i mean it, it would be very exciting and terrifying and awful so i'm glad it's not yeah. like that yeah that's right mm. uh, podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk it's quite easy drop us an email i read it out simple that is how it works isn't it i never thought of uh, it really is condensing it like that send yeah, email yeah. get read out done okay <laughs> that's well, about it yeah please do that i mean that's a bit like stuff happens we say it jerry anderson news Ah. Should we do that now? Yeah. So in this week's world of things that happen in Jerry Anderson world and we say, also known as... <laughs> newsy news, 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 mm. news, news, yeah. news. Well, here are some of those things. Yes, it's the Jerry Anderson News, another busy week, and uh, let's start with uh, this. Well, it's Jerry Anderson Day coming up, as you well know, 14th of April. It's our first ever International Jerry Anderson Day. It's all about celebrating Dad's life and legacy. We've got quite a few partnerships being announced this coming week, so keep an eye on the website and our social media channels, but I suspect you'll find some various ways to celebrate and most of them are pretty much free of charge. You want to make sure it's a big kind of free-for-all celebration. If you've got a friend or relative who doesn't know anything about the world of Jerry Anson, then it's a great day to share the message with them and get them involved. If you would like to get involved, then please do consider sending us a one-minute video message. Simply uh, use your mobile phone or webcam or whatever you've got to do a quick video just saying who you are, what the worlds of Jerry Anderson mean to you, uh, and just wishing everyone a happy Jerry Anderson Day. We may end up using your video in our Jerry Anderson Day celebrations. Email your video via WeTransfer or one of those uh, file sharing services to GADAY, that's G-A-D-A-Y, at jerryanderson.co.uk and uh, make sure you have that with us by this Friday. What's that, the 10th of April? Something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got time to uh, edit stuff together for Jerry Anderson Day. It's not all about Jerry Anderson Day. And although on that day we'll be celebrating some pretty major stuff like Thunderbirds, etc., obviously there are lesser-known Jerry Anderson contributions, such as the wonderful 1960s film Crossroads to Crime. And when I say wonderful, I mean terrible. Uh, <laughs> just to um, add to your niche collectibles, believe it or not, you can now get... A Crossroads to Crime t-shirt from the Jerry Anson store. Now, I'm not sure we'll sell many of these, uh, but uh, if you want to have something that is seriously niche 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 then maybe that's for you. Just pop onto shop.jerryanson.co.uk and search Crossroads to Crime. Sounds fantastic. Ooh, what else have we got here? Oh, yes, the Gail Myers Co. mugs. Um, they've been very, very popular. We're doing a design partnership with Gail Myers Co., who's a Manchester-based designer. She's really lovely, and she's done some fantastic Anderson-inspired control panel mugs. They are kind of retro cool, slightly subtle. They're not overtly Anderson, but um, there's a retro coolness to them. 
Uh, I've got a set here. In fact, I'm drinking uh, some coffee out of one right now, and they're really lovely. Uh, limited to 250 sets worldwide. Pop along to the store to have a look at those. The Space 1999 cosplay delivery, the, the, the uniform T-shirt, the Carter and Koenig variants, it is slightly delayed, I'm afraid. I'm sorry to say that we, as along with many, many, uh, well, hundreds, thousands of other merchants were affected by the uh, ever-given Suez Canal blockage. And so we're probably looking at a three to six week delay on delivery, but they are on their way. Um, manufacturing is underway uh, now, or will be very, very shortly. So they will be with you very soon. And I'm also pleased to say that we're looking at introducing some other sleeve colours in due course. I can't wait. Chris Dale, finally for this one, uh, has put together Joe 90's Darkest Moments for our YouTube channel. That video is live now. I don't think any of those moments are dark enough for my liking, but there we go. That's just me. Uh, it's a great video, once again, from Chris. Really lovely. And Chris is also filling the website with some fantastic articles right now. In fact, I've just seen uh, when I'm recording this that uh, Captain Scarlet SPV bases and collection points has gone live. Oh. Here we go. We provide everything from uh, niche Captain Scarlet content to niche, 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 niche crossroads to crime to Jerry Anderson Day itself, where anyone and everyone can access all the worlds of Jerry Anderson. Yeah. Hopefully, very easily and uh, share in the joy or learn about it for the first time altogether. Exciting. Right, there you go. God, what a rundown. That's a lot of Jerry Anderson news, isn't it? But that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson news. That was the news. That was the news. Gosh. Yes, yeah. lovely news. And so much. Uh, you seem particularly excited about that batch of news this week, well, I have to say. I mean, I often think there's never been a better time to be a Jerry Anderson fan, but I think there's never been a better time to say there's never been a better time to be a Jerry Anderson fan <laughs> than now. Isn't that true? I think you're extremely observant and uh, one of the <laughs> finest philosophers of our time. Ah, well... Okay. I think it's Speaking of which, we've had an email from. Uh, no. Okay, all right. Speaking of which, let's head on over to our Facebook group, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons to see what the uh, Jerry Anderson philosophers have been up to there. CJ mm. List is talking about Jerry Anderson's Night In coming up very shortly. A night in with some classic Anderson entertainments, he says, in HG, HD, HG, don't know what that would stand for, uh, with possibly some episodes being available for the first time in that format. Might be one to watch. Uh, Miles posted newly minted. Podstron here, though I would have voted for Podly. Gosh, do you remember that? The vote for what we would call our uh, podcast listeners? Yes. So straight, it was, the, the, the options were Podstrons and, and Podleys. Podleys. Well, there's um, another vote for Podly if it's not too late for my, Miles. My, uh, he, says, too late. Okay. he says, I've been listening for a month now. Oh, I see. He's up to Pod 42. I'm a late cover to podcasts generally, but now work a job which features an inordinate amount of driving. Who better then to keep me company than the fantastic, or should that be fantastional, Jamie, Richard and Chris? He says, my days are improved significantly by you, and I'll be sad when I have only one instalment a week to listen to. Yeah, well, but perhaps we ought to double up, Jamie, and start doing two or three a week for those people who will be bereft when they uh, finally catch up with us. No? Yeah, I mean, we don't do anything else the rest of the week, so fair enough. <laughs> no, true. Uh, Nick Rice uh, also posted on the revelation that uh, Doctor Who's sonic screwdriver was made from discarded Anderson props. He said uh, Doctor Who recycled several props from other shows. You could do a book on how shadow equipment was used in Doctor Who. Oh, quite a niche UFO. book, though. It would, true. Alex Pass, what's currently missing from my Anderson library, he asks. Oh, yes, this is a question I asked a couple of weeks ago. He says, well, Torchy and Twizzle. Sorry, but I'm not in a hurry to fill that gap. <laughs> now, but, you see, I love this because then Earl Black posted immediately underneath, 
I love Torchy and Twizzle. So there you go. There's Don't something for everyone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so do head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons. Answer a few questions and we'll let you in and you can join in the fun too. Mm, lovely community yeah. of podstrons oh, there. The, just the best. So nice. Just the best. Yeah. yeah exactly. So keep up the good work. We're very proud of all of you for being such a nice, welcoming community. Indeed. Now, Richard James. Yes. As you know, I've been terribly, terribly busy recently. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. dealing with Eric's bad breath and all that sort of stuff. Yes. So. So you've been busy doing interviews, as Ben has, and uh, last week we had the first part of Stephen Gallagher, and I think we've got more Stephen Gallagher right now. Is that right? That's right. Stephen Gallagher is a very well-known director, writer, uh, and novelist. I know many of you will know his name from uh, the likes of Doctor Who and The Eleventh Hour and Bugs, Uh, and I was chatting to him way back in January about his career to date and his love for all things Jerry Anderson. Oh, lovely. Well, I'd love to hear part two. Go on, then. Let's play it. Now. Do you have a, a particular eye for design in your various uh, productions that you've uh, been involved with? Have you ever got down to the nitty gritty of the, of the design of the piece or is that very much left to other people? I kind of, well, yeah, um, the way I describe it is, you know, if they let me, I'm all over it like a wet shirt. Uh-huh. So on Chimera, I was uh, I was in there with the special effects. We made Chimera in a, in a terrible rush. And I've since spoken to Archie Tate and I thought me kind of getting in and getting my hands dirty in every department was what you had to do. Yeah. And Archie said, well, yeah, the um, the reason why, you know, we were able to to get it made in the time that we did on the budget we did was because you got so involved. And, um, and I said, doesn't everybody say no, no, that's not usually the way it happens. Right. And of course, I've seen it since, you know, the British way with writers is to um, is to, you know, sort of grab the script from them at the door, slam the door in the face, take the script away, scribble all over it, go and make the thing. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you know, the writer gets to come and stand at the window and look in at some point. You, know, yeah. you get one day on the set, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. Is, uh, is what's provided for. Yeah. Now, at the beginning of um, the last decade, I went over to Hollywood for a couple of years and got into their working methods, which are completely different. And I realized that the Hollywood way of treating writers although Hollywood writers will always complain about the way they've been treated, but then they've never written on a British TV show. (laughs) Um, The Hollywood way of treating writers is, you know, I I discovered what I'd been waiting for all my life, and I was just sort of annoyed that it had taken so long to come along. Because when you're a writer, you're hands-on. You know, a bunch of you gather in a building. I had a parking space with my name on it on the Warner Brothers lot. Mm -hmm. I had my own office. You know, with a computer mm-hmm. set up in it, and we had a meeting room. You know, we all had our offices around the meeting room. We would gather in the meeting room. We would chat about, you know, ideas for storylines for the show. They'd all be written up on boards, and we would communally create drama. Right. And then when we'd created the drama, we brought in a director and told them how we wanted it to look. Mm. And told them exactly, you know, what the content of each scene needed to be. There was a thing called a tone meeting before the shooting of each episode. Yeah where the writer and the showrunner sat down with the director and went through it page by page and pretty much told them, you know, what was, uh, what was required on that page. Yeah. And then when it came to actually shooting the episode that you'd written, you had a chair with your name on it on the set and you yeah. sat at the director's elbow. And if the director wanted to change anything, they had to check with you and you would check with your showrunner and within, you know, sort of two minutes, a decision would come. If, if anything needed changing, you changed it, nobody else. And um, and then you sat in on the cut, and this was the writer, right? You know? yes. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and 
I thought, well, there's no going back after this. You know, I will never again work on a project where I don't have this level of involvement. Having said that, I then came back and worked on a couple of British shows where I got a call for uh, for one of them from a producer that I'd worked with before. And they had they'd scheduled a number of writers for the number of episodes they had, but they miscalculated. So there were going to be one writer and one script short. Okay. So they needed a freelance who would be able to walk in, see what everybody had done and slot a piece of work in that wouldn't disturb the continuity. Yeah. And I'd kind of done a bit of that in the past where, um, where, you know, somebody comes with a problem and, um, and then you have limited time in which to solve it. I love that kind of gig. So I took that on and yeah, I did, I did that and I did a silent witness, which was, um, again, a completely different and contrasting experience to, uh, to the American experience. Sure. But, you know, the shows that I was working on when lockdown kicked in um, and, and put a halt to them were both shows where, you know, again, to quote myself, I was all over them like a wet shirt and hopefully still <laughs> will be if we, yeah. can, uh, if we can restart them. Yes, quite, exactly. Uh, now, many of uh, Jerry Anderson's shows were very big on, on, on the idea the starting idea. So Thunderbirds, we have the family that uh, help people in peril. You've got Space 1999. What, what happens if the moon was blown out of orbit? Space yeah. precinct, cops and robbers mm. in space. Where do you start as a writer? Do you start with an idea and go yeah. from there? Or do you dig into the details first and then shape a story around it? I usually I have the germ of an idea, and but I'm a big believer in research. And I once mm. had, um, had a a conversation with a producer who I will never work with again, who said, oh, you know, don't do so much research. It's the tail wagging the dog. And I'm sorry, but the research is the dog. You know, yeah. the, the research is the world and the idea is the, the the thing that exists within that world. And if you uh, if you think you can just kind of busk the world around the idea, then, then forget it because things are going to fall apart on you. Because what happens is instead of reaching into uh, your own experiences and instead of reaching out into the world, what you do is you start recycling the TV that you've seen uh-huh. or the movies that you've yes. seen or the books yes. that you've read because everything comes from experience. And if it doesn't come from lived experience or educated experience, it's going to come from, enter, you know, your old entertainment. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, you can always tell when somebody doesn't really know what they're talking about <laughs> and that they've, you know, they've not done the, they've not done the groundwork and they've not put the hours in, but they've, um, you know, they're, they're just, re- I always remember uh, the guy who wrote the Fletch series uh, of novels, Gregory MacDonald, I think right. it was. Um, he wrote some, uh, you know, I don't have to describe, um, I don't have to describe a police station. He said, I don't have to describe a supermarket. Everybody's been in a police station and a supermarket. Mm-hmm. And I really don't agree with that because I've never been in that police station. I've never been in that supermarket. And the generic idea that I've got in my mind of what, you know, a Los Angeles supermarket might have been is going to be something that I've seen on the Rockford Files. It's not going to be something <laughs> yes. that comes, you know, as a direct experience from an author who's uh, who's sharing it with me. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. that's a, that's the a point of view I disagree with. I'll have an idea, and I've got a couple of them that you know, that are lying on my desk at the moment. One of them, I noticed the uh, the date I've got, and it's from two thousand and six. Right. Something I jotted down, and uh, and it's it's moment has come. Um, so the idea was in 2006. The research I've done on it was this past couple of weeks. And now I'm kind of melding that together. And this is for, uh, for a short story for uh, a collection that I'm doing for Subterranean Press. It's a best okay. of thing. And they, you know, they, they want a couple of new pieces of material in there. Yeah. So they're getting this new piece of material from 2006. Very good. <laughs> I, like, I like it.
Uh, talking of your sort of your long form prose work, you novelized both your Doctor Who scripts. Yeah. Uh, Terminus and Warriors Gate. Yeah. Uh, and I did read, in fact, I had both those copies. I gave all my target novelizations mm. or I sold them when I went to drama school and I really <laughs> wish I hadn't done. But, um, we all do that. Yes. <laughs> One way and, or another. <laughs> and famously, Stephen, they, both those books were sort of told in continuous prose without chapter breaks. Yeah, this was pointed out to me. And, you know, I, um, I wasn't, necessarily aware of doing it right i suppose i must have been aware of doing it but is it again that sense of you didn't you know you're holding things up if you have a chapter break just like actors on the set hold things up for you you want to get moving i did um, a revamped version of um, warrior's gate last year well it came out last year and I, i did it um i actually did the work on it the easter before uh what had happened was i turned in the novelization based on my first draft scripts And the first draft scripts underwent quite um, a kind of revamp and transformation on their way to the screen. And the novelization went down really well at W.H. Allen, who were the the producers of the Target books at the time. And they were doing the original hardcover. And uh, my editor, Christine Christine Donoher, said, well, it's longer than, you know, it's actually the wordage is longer than the ones we usually publish. But I've had a word with the board of directors and they're prepared to spring for the extra expense because, you know, we've all read it and uh, and we think it's, you know, right a little bit exceptional. Yeah. But it had to be sent into the Doctor Who office for, uh, for approval. And um, the producer at the time, John Nathan Turner, read it and said, oh, this is far too, you know, it diverges far too far from the TV program. I won't pass it. Right. So at the 11th hour, I had to um, do a cut and paste job with the manuscript and chop it down and rewrite passages and more or less copy what had happened on the screen rather than uh, than my original feelings. Yeah. And that kind of rankled a little bit. And yeah. I, for years, I um, I kept the uh, all the cuttings and all the snippings in in a big envelope. And for years, I kind of hoped that some Doctor Who fan would volunteer to put the whole thing back together again. And finally, I realized nobody was going to volunteer, <laughs> but there was an interest in um, doing it from BBC Audio. So um, so I, I did the rearrangement myself. Ah, and nice. we did that as an audio book last yeah, year. Yeah. And um, at that point, you know, I was reminded, yes, there were no, there were no chapter breaks in it. Why did you do that? And I couldn't offer an answer because I don't really know. And I can only assume it was because the kind of forward momentum of the storytelling yeah. didn't allow for any um, for any letter. Yeah. And I looked for um, for ways of putting chapter breaks into the new version. And I couldn't find the spots to put them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless I was going to put absolutely arbitrary cuts in there. And I thought, well, no, let's... If it's going to be a little bit famous for not having any chapter breaks in it, then let's, yes, not, so let's it. not spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now you yeah. sort of uh, uh, blossomed or uh, bloomed as a, as a writer in the in in the eighties, I guess, was when it really started to work for you. Which, in terms of the sort of Jerry Anderson world, was just as his career went quiet. So I'm guessing you never really came across him professionally, or you were never approached to write anything for him. Not, no, no, uh, I mean, not professionally. I mean, mm. we did meet, um, huh? and that was at the Manchester Festival of Fantastic Films, um, uh-huh. a good few years back. Right. Um, another writer, Stephen Laws, and I used to uh, be regular attendees there, and we used to handle a lot of the, um, the on stage interviews. 
yeah. with visiting celebrities and visiting directors and actors and uh, and I bagged uh, Val Guest one year right. and, um, and Brian Clemens great and um, and also Jerry when when he came and 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 Jerry came with Jamie yeah. Um, yeah. and Jamie was I don't know about. 12 or 13 at the time he was showing Jamie the um the convention circuit and I suppose something must have taken there because there's been no getting rid of him since yes you're right (laughs) absolutely right yeah what's coming up for you Stephen anything uh, that you can talk about that we can look out for in the next couple of years after this I've got the short story collection which I'm in the process of um of kind of editing and putting together with Bill Schaefer over at Subterranean and that's the kind of best of that's a a kind of lifetime and career thing, which, yeah. uh, which is quite important to me, because uh, you only get to do one of those. Yeah. Um, there are the two shows. One of them is um, is a very big um, international um, co-production over in Europe, Germany and France, which um, we pitched at Series Mania, which is like the uh, the Cannes Film Festival of series TV. Yeah. And um, got all our uh, all our all our investors lined up. And just at the point where we had um, a letter of intent from one of the big American networks, um, that was March of last year. So right. everything went on hold. Everything went on pause. Yeah. And then there was an, there's another show that I've been developing with um, uh, production companies. in. Uh, they partnered up from London and New Zealand. And this addresses the colonial era in, um, in, in the South Pacific. Yeah, uh, and that again, very very big show where I'd be mentoring a lot of other writers and you know doing my veteran war horse act and mm-hmm. um, and bringing all the experience I've had in what if and when it finally comes off will be a really exciting thing where I can kind of organise other people to do the work. Is <laughs> <laughs> that where you've always been heading? Do you think? Well, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it, it's kind of really exciting to me, the idea that um, there will be these these fresh voices that I can be a conduit for, because, you know, I'm no yeah. longer a fresh voice. Uh, let, let's be honest, you know. <laughs> so that, again, is on hold because of everything that's going on at the moment. In the meantime, I've done a bit more for, for Doctor Who. You know, I did the, oh. um, we did the Warriors Gate um, revamp as, uh, as an audio book last year, and then I got drawn into doing... Um, an audio drama for Big Finish, which was one of the lost stories. It oh, was, yes. Um, I, I mean, I did Warriors Gate, I did Terminus, and I submitted a third called um, Nightmare Country. Mm-hmm. And Eric Say, with the um, script editor at the time, sent me a lovely little note saying, you've sent us another million-dollar movie and we can't <laughs> afford to do them. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I sat on that one for God knows how long. And then in the wake of the um, of the Warriors Gate um reboot, revamp, rebirth, yeah. or whatever you want to call it, then yeah. uh, Big Finish showed an interest in that. So we did that last year. And the great thing about that was because it was an audio drama, we had all the original cast. It was Peter Davison yes, uh, of course. era and, yes. um, and all the companions, Thurlow and Tegan. And, uh, yeah, great. Everyone from that era just came back and redid their roles, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, really, really funny. It's almost as if time has um, as, as collapsed and dilated yes funny that is and on the back of that i got asked to do um a doctor novella ten thousand words and what i was able to do with that again picking up um on an old idea it was it's what happens to uh, romana after warrior's gate where she gets left behind because you know as, as, as you'll probably remember from the two doctors that i did i got to write out companions in both of them and k9 as well yes so it's a case of, um, you know, what happened to Romana afterwards? She's left in the gateway at Warrior's Gate. 
You know, she's got one of the Tharrells as her companion. And my thought was always, well, if you wanted a female doctor, there you go. You know, there's yeah, there's yeah. one ready made for you. That's right. And I finally, after God knows how many years, let's not even calculate it, um, got to sort of show people exactly what I would have done had I been given that opportunity. So that again was quite fun. A lot of you know, a lot of this stuff is kind of revisiting past glories and it's all a bit retro and it depends on you having the life experiences you've had and your audience having the, the experiences that they've had. Yeah. Well, that's fine. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm at that stage where, uh, where I think I can really enjoy that. So you're just as comfortable looking back as you are looking forward now. I am. Yeah. Because, you know, I've done some stuff, you know, I, you think I can be, I can be really pleased with, uh, with the fact that um, not so much of what I achieved, but what, you know, what I escaped not achieving, if you see what I mean. <laughs> I do, yes, yes, I agree. Uh, and uh, if people want to find you and follow you across uh, the internet, uh, do you have Facebook or Twitter or the website I, I mentioned? Facebook. Uh, I do do Twitter where I'm at Brooligan. If you just stick my name into Google, then, um, you know, I've, I've tried this and I do come up. I don't Google for myself because that way, you know, madness lies. <laughs> that way, disappointment. <laughs> it really does, yeah. I, I always say it's a bit like eavesdropping in the hope of hearing something nice about yourself and all you get is a slap. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't vanity Google, but I do know that if you Google me, then you'll find me within two or three hits. Great. Great. Well, uh, Stephen Gallagher, thank you very much for joining us on the Jerry Anderson podcast. It has been a total pleasure. Thank you. What a nice man. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much to Stephen Gallagher for setting aside a little bit of time to talk to me over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you can find him, as he said, there on Twitter at Brooligan, which is B R O O L I G A N. You can browse for him on Amazon as well and find all his various books and so on. And he does have a really comprehensive website. So just Google Stephen Gallagher and you'll find uh, some blogs and some uh, posts and thoughts about all his various things that he's worked on over the last god knows how many years <laughs> so really interesting stuff thank you for joining us Stephen. most crucial question of all wh- why brooligan mm. do, do you know i didn't ask oh, i did not ask is it like a hooligan well, that likes tea do you think it could be that it could be that mm. i mean i doubt it but it could be that okay well uh Stephen, if you're listening uh, then we'd love to know and if, if we if we haven't answered that question then Podstrons do tweet him and ask why Brooligan thank you very much <laughs> yes all tweet him at once and ask him yeah. let's have a Twitter pile on no well that sounds a bit mean <laughs> we don't want to do that but okay uh, now next week yeah so you're back in the interview chair are you next week I would hope well after I, an extended break I'm kind what? of enjoying my extended break so do you mind if what? I have just a couple more weeks off interviews is that alright oh alright well who, who's going to do the interview well, then? I think you've got a friend haven't you um, who, who could well, do a chat just the one <laughs> so who who might next week be with then in that case well now next week we might well be hearing from Glaswegian uh, actress and comedian Lubna Kerr now she has a very special affinity to a particular character from the Jerry Anderson series uh, I wonder which one that might be Jamie could you hazard a guess um it um ooh uh, it's Sheriff Bull oh Ah. It's Joe Knighty. What yeah, are you doing to me? Uh, so, yes, we'll be talking to Lubina next week. I know, I'm sorry, but it's fascinating stuff. Uh, a, a different take on the Jerry Anderson legacy, which I think you'll all find very interesting. Okay, fine. Well, it's always actually nice to have a female guest on the pod because we you of know, course. are often lacking uh, in that side of things, just just the way things are and the way the Jerry yeah. Anderson fan goes, but always a really interesting point of view, so I look forward to that. Mm. And thank you, Dickie, for taking a, another interview while I have a little rest. Thank you. It's very kind. Yeah, it's right for some, isn't it? Yeah. 
<sighs> anyway, uh, you're listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. I haven't said this for a while, so I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it very clearly and very Ooh, carefully. Yes, and I'm precisely. listening. I'm ready. Please subscribe to us Ooh. on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Yes. Just hit the button to Great. be notified of every new podcast as it drops. And also, why not leave us a review or a rating while you're there and tell the world what you think of us and perhaps even copy the link and share it on all your social medias so your friends can listen to. Hey. Hey, all your social medias. Yeah, yeah all of them. Your good, Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instas, you know. Your TikToks, your Snapchats. <laughs> your TikToks, yeah. You know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I, have, I, really I do have a quick this. question for Podstrons. Right. Hmm. This may possibly inform something that we do later this year. Podstrons. Right. Are you aware of NFTs? Would you be interested... Oh in Anderson, Jerry Anderson NFTs of some sort. Now, if you don't know what they are, then clearly Ooh. the answer right now is not right now. Thank no. you. I don't know what they are. Yeah. But if no. it is something that's entered, in, entered into your consciousness, you're aware of, you're interested in, do let us know. Podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. Just a very light bit of uh, qualitative research to see if, oh. uh, if that's of interest to people. If right. you feel like I'm speaking in code or in tongues, then apologies. Yep. Feel free to ignore this very small part of the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, fine. And and the rest of it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The same as you do for the rest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, until now. What? What's happening now? Well, look, it's Chris Dale. Can you see look, at the window just tapping oh, on the glass there? Hi, yeah. Chris. Oh, hi, Chris. I think he's been playing, uh, he's been bashing his uh, tennis ball against the wall there. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's a great fun yeah. game, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, it is. A yeah. good way to pass the time where we've been gabbling on. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris comes to do the randomizer, which is a lovely machine, and he mm-hmm. presses the button and it spits out a yeah. random. Jerry Anderson yeah. episode, and and then he, right. he watches it and says stuff about it. So let's hope it's a really fun-filled one to keep him mm. entertained. Chris, over to you for this week's randomizer. No, I don't think ice cream's going to do it. Oh. oh, hello everyone. Well, I'm afraid it's bad news today. You see, I've got toothache. It's oh, it's really painful. So Marina's brought me back to Earth to to Cloud Base actually. Except I'm pretty sure they don't have a dentist here, so I'm not sure who Colonel White's going to assign that job to. I got it! I got it! Oh, no. Quick, Marina, maybe if we hurry we can get out of here before he... Hold it right there. Ah, (laughs) yes, Captain Magenta, hello. Is anything wrong? Oh, no, 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 nothing's wrong. (laughs) It's just, uh, listen, I really don't want to have to put you to the bother of looking at my tooth, so... Why don't I just... I'm afraid I have my orders. The Colonel doesn't like to be kept waiting. Just a routine check. Okay, well, I suppose even you couldn't mess this up, so, uh... Ah, ah, you know what to do? Don't worry about that. Okay. I'll count. One, two... uh, Wait a minute. Uh... One, two, three, four. Everything seems to be in order. Uh, What, really? You sure? Yes. They checked out clean. You, uh... You don't actually know what teeth are, do you? No! Oh, 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 okay, Captain, look, I understand. Please don't get upset. I mean, we all of us have had a good laugh at your expense from time to time. Even me. But we all know that basically you're a good chap with a good heart. Well, I am. I mean, I try. And you even know a few words of Spanish, too. Tiempo in Spanish means time. Exactly. So how's about, since you're such a good chap, you give the randomizer here a press of the button and see what comes up today. Good luck. It. Uh, but uh, just out of interest, if you ever did become a dentist, what do you think your branch's slogan might be? You enter entirely at your own risk. Mm, sounds about right. Okay, let's see what we have today. Ah, 
Well, appropriately enough considering how far you can count, it's four feather falls. You're right. With teething troubles. Yes, sir, Colonel Sir. You're so sweet. The four feathers on this hat are magic. They enable Tex Tucker's dog and horse to speak, and his guns to fire without him even touching them. And now, another exciting adventure from Four Feather Falls. Well, I believe it was uh, only last week I was saying that uh, we haven't seen Four Feather Falls on the randomizer for... Uh, quite a while, perhaps as often as, as we should have. It was last here in November. And now we're back with teething troubles, and there's Tex Tucker standing outside the door of his office with his hands raised. And his pistols are firing. Yep, more Four Feather Falls, always in the mood for this. As I think I've said before, I only saw most of the series once on DVD. So, uh, yeah, most of these episodes I've only seen once before. I tend not to remember too much about them. I would assume this episode is about uh, something tooth-related. Oh, Come on, Rocky. Tell me why you ain't eating your food. Oh, poor old Rocky looks very sorry for himself. It hurts. Go terribly. What hurts? Oh, it'll hurt more if I try to tell you. You've got toothache, huh? Ooh, straight to the heart of the matter here. Huh? Oh, ouch. That looks very painful. Yeah, they've... You stay here with Rocky. They've kept the puppet uh, side onto the camera, and now he's uh, just turned his head, and you see the the side of his jaw where the tooth must be is all swollen and puffy. Oh, very nasty. For the tenth time, no. Doc Haggerty is here with a, a pair of pliers. Say... Maybe if we took him for a walk to see folks, he'd feel better. Ah, uh, sure. And why not? Oh, no, that never works with toothache. Thank you. So you see, Mar, we can't do nothing to make Rocky open his mouth. So we've decided to traipse him around the town, show him off like some kind of circus freak. You've never spoken a truer word. Yeah. You see, as I recall, when I had the toothache, folks gave me all the candy I could eat after Doc here made it better. Say, Ma. You've got a mighty lot of candy in that store of yours, ain't well, you? This is a very odd uh, odd way to uh, teach children to look after their teeth. More sweets. Better. There, Rocky. What do you say? All the candy you want. I don't like candy. Oh, well, that saves the question of uh, what candy is safe for horses. Howdy, Mr. Jackson. Why, howdy, Tex. You going someplace? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Got business over at Silver City, you know. Be back tomorrow. Well, I'll mm. keep an eye while you're gone. I say, anything wrong with Rocky? <laughs> oh, dear, he looks kind of sad. Yeah. Oh. He's got the toothache. Yes, and all that we're asking to do is that I should take a look at it. Well, 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 well. <laughs> and I can actually sympathize with Rocky here. I remember I had um, a tooth go bad on me, one of my... Um, Lower back ones and the back of my uh, my jaw just sort of swole, swelled up very nastily. I think it's a lymph node infection. It just blew up like a golf ball. I'd rather have my tooth. They're very nasty things when they go bad. I wish you'd be a good sport and take me to the Indian medicine man. No, Rocky, I've told you he can't help you. All right, then. Why not? I'll just have to suffer. Oh, poor Rocky. Yeah, Rocky, I've been trying to tell you all day. There ain't nothing to it. 
We can't stay up all night. I am not keeping you up, old boy. You go to bed and leave me. I'll be all right. Alone. And awake. Oh, with yeah. my aching tooth. Sleep as well. That's something else that toothache completely ruins. Is that? Dusty and me ain't gonna leave you. Of course. So why can't he go to the uh, Indian medicine man? What's the what's deal here, Tex? In a minute. You'd go to sleep, and when you woke up, your toothache could be gone. Oh. And exactly how would I go to sleep? I'd sing you to sleep. Oh, no, no, like no. Like no, this. And for feather fall. No, I've heard that one. Oh, feather fall. I've heard that one seemingly once every four weeks for the past 30 odd episodes. In for feather fall. It's still lovely, though. For feather falls. We find a vacant chair, and we keep cutting back to shots of poor old Rocky with his swollen jaw. For every heart is kind and true. If ever you're in town, they'll never let you down. And stranger, there's a welcome for you. Can we get these on vinyl? Was was there the um? Some of these were released on vinyl back in the day. Can we get a re-release of that? Hopefully we'll get uh, some Four Feather Falls Any stray cat. soundtracks coming soon. Bow wow! Ruff, ruff. I love that bit. Four Feather Falls, I said Four Feather Falls. But it is very strange. This is a 12-minute story, and, um, you know, we didn't exactly gallop out of the gate at the start, and now we're slowing down even more with a song. On the range to me. And most of the time, I have to say, the, the songs in Four Feather Falls are very well integrated, but this time it's just like... Here's our court-appointed moment where we have to have a song. It's heaven on the range to me. Heaven on the range to me. The horse is asleep. Ah, that's it. Seems to have worked. I'm still not sleepy. It didn't work. Oh, well. Don't know what else we can do then. I was going to be cruel and say get my gun, but it's uh, it's it's too he's too nice. I don't want to I don't want to bring darkness into Four Feather Falls world. It's very wholesome. What's going on? It seems the dentist man's in Silver City, so Mr. Jackson asked him to come over and see Rocky. Yay! He's on his way. That's fine. I'll go tell Doc. The dentist man'll take care of Rocky. Okay. Texas slept in the barn with Rocky all night long, which is kind of sweet, but he must smell by next morning. Me. Oh. <laughs> I'm not staying here. Uh-oh. I just can't figure it out. Rocky's never run away before. Ah, uh, well, there must always be a first time. That's all my fault. I should have stayed with him. Ain't nobody's fault, Dusty. Say... I've just figured something. What, boss? Remember Rocky saying, why wouldn't I take him to the Indian medicine man? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I've got a hunch that's where we'll find him. Doc, so, Tex, you're talking to your dog as if he actually understands English, and you also said that you've been talking to your horse. That's something I, I, I think I've mentioned before I don't understand before for the fools. Do the residents of the town know that Indian Tex can talk to his animals? I guess they must do, otherwise Doc Haggerty would, well, would have to have Tex committed on the back of that. Leo? 
anyway. Sheriff's horse. Me. Take him back. We're now with the uh, Indian medicine man. Old chap, do listen. I want you to cure my toothache. Who doesn't seem to understand, Rocky? Look, see what I mean. Do them ache of something bad. So from his point of view, he's just had this horse come up to him, waving his face around. him, Me get water. Oh, magic water. Okay. I guess Kalamku is not the only one who can do that. Him drink. Oh, I say, this is wonderful. Oh, he understands me at last. <laughs> Even though he has, uh, yeah, severed shrunken heads. Anyway, Tex and uh, Dusty are riding out to find Rocky. Still smell Rocky, Saint. Don't you mean you're on the track of Rocky? Which means that Tex has had to borrow a different horse, which means if you know anything about this show, most of the other horses uh, look fairly, uh, fairly derpy. Just what I reckoned. And this one's no exception. Oh, oh who's this? Mr. Rankin, what do you reckon you can Oh, what a spectacularly original camera angle. Oh. <laughs> that was a view from inside Rocky's mouth looking out through his teeth at the dentist. I don't care. No! I don't expect we'll ever be in there again. I'll go get things fixed up in the wagon. Rocky, I'm telling you, it won't hurt. All right. Oh, it does hurt. All of it hurts. Prove it. How do you mean? You have a tooth out, too. Now see here, Rocky. No, 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 no. Tex, old man, you see here. If you'll have a tooth out, I'll have mine out. Um, See, boss, that's quite an idea. Dusty, quiet. <laughs> Why? I'm waiting. But Tex doesn't have any bad teeth. Okay. Here, Doc. Take a look in my mouth. And for why should I be wanting to look into your mouth? To see. I already know what's in there anyway. Well, I, I never thought he'd do it. Me neither. Hmm. Yes, you're right. Tex. Oh my goodness! They. Ah. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Doc and Tex were so close there, it, um, well, it basically looked like they were kissing. Just like it, you know. Had it out when I was a lad. I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, Doc. I'll have it out. Just be gentle with me. You ready out there? Coming right away, Mr. Rankin. Also begs the question, if, if the townsfolk accept that uh, Tex can talk to his animals, what do visitors to the town think is going on at times like this, like the dentist yeah. here? Okay. Oh, poor Tex. I'm terribly sorry, Tex, old boy. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. We're back in the barn. I can't figure it out, Rocky. Neither can I. Can you, Dusty? No. How come your toothache went as soon as you got in that dentist's wagon? <laughs> well, I'm positive it was the Indian medicine man's magic water that I drank. Yeah, Rocky's face is now back to normal. That was plain, ordinary water. But I have heard tell folks lose the toothache when they go see the dentist. Yes, you're absolutely right, old boy. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to mine, you know. <laughs> Flew out of the wagon. <laughs> now, Rocky, don't give me any of your fanciful ideas. Well, I, I'm terribly sorry, old chap, but I'll promise you something. Yeah? If you ever have a tooth out again, I'll have mine out too. Ah, 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 ah. 
Well, that's um, our fairly strange deal is back on again. Sporting gesture, old chap. One, 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 one. Oh, okay. So that was uh, Four for the Falls, Teething Trouble. Not the uh, not the greatest episode, I have to say. It. Um, I mean, the stakes weren't exactly uh, sky high, but uh, even so, it um, didn't amount to a whole lot. Didn't really uh, see much of many of the other characters aside from the uh, the central trio. Some strange bargaining between Tex and Rocky near the end that ultimately came to nothing so I'd, i think i'd have to say you know it's, it's four for the falls it's still rather fun but uh not the greatest thing i've ever seen from our, our little uh western town oh wow. a bit of text tucker absolutely a journey back to the beginning of time it feels like when we uh, do those early series quite Lovely, a long isn't it? time ago isn't it yeah. how long ago is it uh Oh, 19... 1959. 1959, yeah. Is that 62? 62 years. Whoa. 60. That's incredible. Incredible. And here we are still talking about it. It's not often in a single podcast you'll be talking about something from uh, 62 years old and just prior to that talking about non-fungible tokens in the blockchain. So (laughs) I think we do pretty well to give you some serious variety on the Jerry Anson podcast. That's what it stands for. What non-fungible uh, tokens? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's well, a uh, fungible token. What's a fungible token? Well, fu- well, something, what's a fungible? If, if something's fungible, you can exchange yes. it for different things. So cash is fungible. So I can exchange oh. cash for a coffee or a house yeah. or a door. It's 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 interchangeable. Yeah. But non-fungible yeah. means it's only for the thing that it relates I to. I believe. Is that does that? I mean, does somebody with a dictionary want to help me out here? That's my understanding. <sighs> yeah. All right. Anyway, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from anyway, nfts uh, well, to fff thank you very yes, much chris <laughs> more randomizer <laughs> next week uh, now chris dale took to twitter this week uh, to post a review that was left for his randomizer podcast dale is delightful company for this particular journey both an insightful critic and an unabashed fan of these shows here here isn't that lovely and uh, well done chris uh, lost in transition tweeted it's an absolute joy talking about the randomizer it's not the first time i've gone back and re-watched the episodes that have been featured on the randomizer keep up the great work and he continues i've just finished listening to this week's oasis of tranquility or is it sometimes known the jerry anderson podcast in the desert that is this world of chaos thanks as always to richard jamie and chris for the badinage and bantering keep up the good work now simpsons clips 24 you'll be very pleased to hear was the first person to use the hashtag eric's bad breath uh, in the last week or so, saying the simplest way to prevent bad dog breath is to brush your dog's teeth on a regular basis. Teeth brushing reduces plaque and promotes better oral hygiene, much as it does in humans. And then Justin Fisher added, the simplest way to prevent bad dog breath is to brush your dog's teeth on a regular basis. Oh, hang on, I've just copied the same tweet twice. I can't remember what Justin Fisher said. I think he said something about, oh, giving him a breath mint. That's right. Giving him a breath mint. Yeah, look, I do brush Eric's teeth. It doesn't seem to help that much. And uh, No. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. So I think we've covered all bases on this week's podcast. We really have. From the yes, digital from, uh, to the archive yep. to the canine. We've right. now come full circle on the Joey Anson podcast. I mean, show me another podcast that has such breadth and depth. <laughs> Bad breadth. I don't... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. No, uh, it, that's all for now. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, but uh, carry on tweeting, and I'll carry on reading. 
Yeah, please do. Uh, and email us, podcast, jerryhanson.co.uk. Subscribe and share and leave us a review yes. and a rating and all that sort of good stuff. Mm. Uh, you know, we're always very grateful if you do those things. Thank you in advance. Yep. And I think that's probably it for now, isn't it? I mean, I'm absolutely well, naked now. Uh, and I haven't even done the interview. Sure, they've had enough. No, I know, that's right. I know. Imagine when you do a full day's work next week. Oh, no, you're not even doing it next week. Oh, oh you're right. right. God, I'm so lazy, aren't I? I'm so sorry, everyone. Anyway, look, thank you all. Yep. It's so lovely to have you along for this wonderful Jerry Anderson flavoured journey. And um, yeah, we'll be back for pod 148 next week, which is the week of Jerry Anderson Day. Hashtag Jerry Anderson Day. Make sure you're all ready for that with all the marvellous things that are going on. And um, uh, we'll see you there and we'll see you for Fab Live on the evening of the 14th of April from 5.30pm UK time for 90 minutes of fun-filled live banter, technical problems and regret. Yeah, yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Okay, right, that's it. <laughs> Let's go now, I'm done. All right, okay, see you next week. Ta-ra! Bye! Richard James? Yes, uh, Jamie, please, can I ask you something? Oh, you can, but then I've got a, well, I've got a treat for you after that. Uh, okay, but when we do Fab Live yes. for Jerry Anderson Day, yes. ca- can I wear my uniform? Can I wear my space prison <laughs> shirt? Oh, space prison? God, I was worried yeah. what you were talking about there. Yes, yes. <laughs> can I? I thought you meant the tinfoil one. No, oh, no, 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 no. The no, big no. gun. That's for, that's, uh, that's for very special occasions. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. You can wear your <laughs> uniform and I will wear my uniform too. Oh, okay. Less about that. that, the better. Now, yeah. uh, Richard James, mm-hmm. I saw this yes. and thought of you. Oh, yes. Because it it has the title Monday Morning Delight. Oh. Which obviously... And you thought of me. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, now, this is a review from Justin WF. Oh, well, that might be Justin Fisher. It might be Justin Fisher. Justin Fisher, if this is you, thank you very much. If it's not, Justin WF, yeah. thank you. And if it's not, Justin Fisher, why haven't you left a review? Sorry, exactly. Sorry. No, I quite agree. Uh, it's a five-star review. And he says, oh, fine. found this podcast after listening to the Nick and Benji show, which Jamie oh. Anderson is frequently bothered on. Yes, you're absolutely right. right. They do frequently bother me. The hosts have a great rapport. Are we talking about the Benji and Nick show still? or Not is he sure. Loads right. of news and everything Jerry Anderson related. Oh, okay. Fair ah, enough. It is ours good. then. Um, yeah. If you love any of his shows, listen, you won't regret it. Listening back to the old ones up to pod 100. Brilliant. <gasps> now, you see, that leads on. Uh, so I've got a question. Have you ever listened to the Jerry Anderson podcast and regretted it? <laughs> Let us know. Well, I'm sure there are people <laughs> who have regretted it because, as we say, we've got yeah. at least one one-star review, but I can't yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, oh, good. Just, oh, here relieved. it is. Got it. Got it. Go on. Yes. Ah, Uh-oh. here we go. Mm, I mean, right. you know, I, I and I'm going on here on purpose because this is a per- <laughs> perfect one. 
Okay. Started great, but too long now. <laughs> says I abridged, interestingly. Well, I mean, he's got a point. He says, needs tighter editing. As oh. much as I love Anderson and want to carry on with his podcast, the material here isn't strong enough for approaching two-hour podcasts each week. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's fair enough. Well, I think probably is. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't agree disagree with that. No, really. I mean, we should probably stop going on about it because we're just making oh, we this should. podcast longer, and the material's not yes. strong enough. So, no, you're right. No, absolutely. Let's finish now then. Anyways, so, hey, what are you doing to, later on? Anything interesting? Oh, I'm going to eat something. Yeah. Probably go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to brush Eric's teeth, and uh, I think you should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, tomorrow's another day, isn't it? I probably is. I suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, is it long enough yet? I probably know. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll just leave a few seconds of silence at the end just to make it even longer. Uh, All right. Bye, yeah, everyone, okay. and bye, Dickie. Uh, yeah. Tara. <laughs> bye. Yeah. See ya. You still there? Yeah, that'll probably do. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.